welcome to the or bonus podcast guys or as someone referred to it the or minus podcast that was the suggestion how to call this podcast <laughs> when our donatus urbanus is missing from it and uh, he's having some well-deserved rest and i'm here with luka Doncic, uh, otherwise known as rita swishnauskas and michael balak and i'm Gita. <laughs> i was thinking how how should i introduce myself uh, oh. bearded nemanja nedovic something like that so you just butchered Mikhail Balak into well, Ma- I, Michael. Um, the English commentators would call him Michael, right. American, or and American, uh, Tima yeah. Monica, you know. So uh, we, we give Gitas a pass, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. it's okay. It's that's okay. cool. But now that you said it, I mean, yeah, I do see that. Yeah, a, a lot of people uh, commentating under my videos. You remind me of Michael Balak. I don't know why, but. I looked, well, I I looked him up, but... <laughs> now, you do look like young Balak playing for Leverkusen before he even joined uh, Bayern. See, someone, I, mean, I probably also, remember him from the older days, so... Someone also said uh, Vladimir Lucic. But this one is a bit of a reach, I think. I don't know. I don't, yeah. I don't see that. I honestly. prefer Balak, honestly. You know, <laughs> I look at the photos. <laughs> Anyways, okay. today we have a special... Q&A episode, and it's even more special than you would think. It's not because Donatus is missing. Could you guys guess why this episode of our bonus Q&A is so special? Is uh, it like a 100th 100th episode? episode? It's towards uh, the right uh, mind. Like, you're thinking on the right track, but not not, not right. that. 200? No. Is it it's beca- actually some sad news. Is it because Taylor Swift won the Super Bowl? <laughs> no, it's because Usher was doing the halftime what, performance. What's wrong with that? No, I'm kidding. Uh, today <laughs> that is was cool. actually the final episode in the studio. Oh, ah, yeah. okay, okay. We're, we're switching. We're moving, right? Yeah, we are moving to a new office. And it's a shame that Donatus, the guy who spent two and a half years behind this microphone, it's not gonna have his goodbye with his last studio. dance in this studio. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's 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 good that the new office is like ten minutes walking distance from my home. Okay, so you you will be only no, you'll still be late. No, I'll still be yeah. five minutes late. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I guess we should start with uh, actually giving a shout out to our subscribers because these are the guys who are letting us do these podcasts and this episode is only going to be available in full for our bm plus subscribers and i want to give a special thanks to our gm and all-star members nicola belic or belich uh, dave gasman jonot georgescu uh, kimon or kaiman and then we have Evaldus UAB Amaretus. This is starting to become a advertising show for these guys because they starting putting their company names in there. Yeah. Gabriele Serva, <laughs> Nicozinho, T Wold Twenty One, Stefan Stavinich, Koki, Nicola R, Baltvarne, Costas B, Victory, Euroleague Fantasy Talks, Igor, Nick BG, and Goldflake. Thank you guys nice. for supporting us uh, the way you do. You remind me of one broadcast where uh, the commentator uh, introduced the whole um, referee uh, crew. Yeah. And Jeff Van Gundy was for some reason uh, pissed about it and said, what is this, a public service announcement? <laughs> yeah, literally what it is, yeah. <laughs> but anyways, before we get into the questions that uh, our uh, subscribers and non-subscribers submitted, I think we got to touch on some historic achievements that were reached oh, yeah. last week, starting and ending with Cody Miller-McIntyre's 
only fourth triple-double in the EuroLeague history. He recorded 11 points, 11 rebounds, and 20 assists against Svel on Thursday. And with those 20 assists, he also broke the um, single-game assist record. And so, first-half assist record as well, because he had 12. Yeah. That's so, crazy. I have a question for you guys. I did a, a reaction to this already on our channel. If you want to check it out, check it out. So, first, guys... Which achievement of these two is more impressive to you? And secondly, does it surprise you that it took so long for another triple-double to happen? That they are so rare in this league? I let Reedus go first. Uh, well, I'm not that surprised because Cody Miller-McIntyre was one rebound away before. Uh, and maybe two rebounds away in another game. Yeah. So, so you could feel this So he was always really close and you could sense that it, it, it might happen this year. Uh, I am surprised, though, that we didn't have a triple-double for so long. I know that only, I would say, like 10 years ago, EuroLeague started giving assists for a player uh, to a player who, yeah. who passed the ball and his teammate got fouled, and if he makes a free throw, he gets an assist. So in the past, without this, it, it was like uh, almost impossible to get a, a triple-double. And not even that, they also didn't give you an assist if the player dribbles yes. or or he yeah even so if it's a fast break like you 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 make a great pass mm -hmm. but he just uh, one dribble and one, that's it makes a one dribble and that's it you don't get an assist so uh really became more more liberal about about assists and and it increased let's say the um opportunities for players to to get a triple double but it's always about the point guard. You're always expecting a triple-double from a point guard in this league because, well, we don't have that many passing big men uh, apart from maybe Mustafa Fall. Uh, maybe Luke Sigma in Alba Berlin was was a guy you could expect to have a triple-double on some career night. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed about the triple-double thing. More, more as than much the as, as much as I'm impressed about the 20 assists, I cannot say which one is more impressive. Because I, I, I looked at a stat sheet, and in the fourth quarter, he had like nine points. He already had a double-double with rebounds and assists. And I thought, knowing Cody Miller-McIntyre and, and the way he plays the game, it's not guaranteed that he's going to score. He's, he probably wasn't aware of um, the, the triple-double thing at the time. Because uh, I, I wouldn't say it was a close game, but still, Asphalt was hanging in there. So uh, to get a triple-double, you, you have to play 36, 37 minutes. I mean, it's, it's crazy. Like, historically, in the NBA, you only have four quadruple doubles in the history of the NBA. I know that uh, there are much more games, much more players that performed uh, in the NBA. The history is, like, since since 60s or 50s. and, and They have eight more minutes to yeah, do that. Yeah, yeah. So, so, like, you cannot compare these two things, but it kind of feels to me, uh, this triple-double, the same that I would feel about, let's say, Luka Doncic getting a quadruple double in the NBA, because a triple double in the NBA became a, I mean, it's a casual daily. thing. Like it, it happens every night. Mm. What do you think, Augustus? Ah, uh, triple double was to me the main, I think, thing from this, and uh, I loved Cody Miller's McIntyre's performance, but, and probably a lot of people are going to call me a hater. But it's just, I want to point out two things in this assist record. 
that Basconia scorer's table, man, they're giving out assists on opportunities where that pass doesn't even create, uh, you know, a mm. good shot for his teammates. Like, I rewatched the assist again, and uh, there was one situation, for example, where Marcus Howard go, comes off a, a screen, an off-ball screen, makes three dribbles inside and shoots a floater, and that's an assist for Cody Miller McIntyre. Or, you know, he makes a two dribbles after in another situation. But uh, that's why for me, you know, the triple-double part was probably the more, the, the, the more impressive. But uh, on top of that, as well as defenses, there is a reason he did that against the mm. worst defensive mm. team or the second worst defensive team in the league. That as well defense is just, I don't understand. Like they now, again, remind me of the team that played those five, five, uh, first five games under DJ Par uh, Parker. And uh, they're helping from strong side, from guys who can shoot. They are cutting the screens on Marcus Howard, you know, those that 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 type of stuff. Joffrey Laverne, there was no Yusufa falling there. So Joffrey Laverne had to play the center. And uh, they were not going under the screens of Cody Miller McIntyre. So he could just go inside the paint, make a small pass. And I was like, okay, now I see why why these 20 assists happen. But anyway. The total amount is so impressive that I just, but I just wanted to point out these these two mm -hmm. details. And but the triple double part, that's that's crazy to me. You know, it's super hard to do that in Europe. Really impressive. Congratulations to Cody Miller McIntyre. It's a huge thing. Uh, I don't know how long it was since since the last triple double by Nick. Uh, five five years. That's not so years. long. But that's so long. <laughs> but before but the, it, it felt like before it was it, twelve years yeah, ago. It, yeah. it felt like it was longer. So all right, let's move on to uh, the Stark Arena. We're gonna stay there for two games. Uh, first is uh, the game of Partizan and Bayern, where we saw a crazy game winner from uh, from Sylvain Francisco. He sunk that three over Kaminsky, I believe. Yep. After a switch. Uh, First, I, I just want to say I love seeing undersized point guards doing that because that's just something that that's that's why I love that the EuroLeague can still accommodate these players and the NBA is probably moving away from them so we can still enjoy these these moments of, of these little guys balling. Uh, but my question to you guys is, I don't know what's your thoughts on this, but I think Partizan is... Well, recently they're on a losing streak and they've been giving away wins at the end, are unable to close out games. Where do you think the problem lies for them to do that? Because my answer would be probably inexperience. Some of these guys are playing their rookie seasons in the EuroLeague, but maybe have a different take. Maybe, uh, Augustus, you want to start with your uh, yeah, I think it's an easy answer. I think it's their defense. You know, you, you said it yourself, uh, who was guarding Sylvain Francisco, Frank Kaminsky. Do you want that? No, you don't. And he's like one of the worst defensive players we have in the EuroLeague. And, you know, um, Jelko was telling him to foul so they could have, they don't have the opportunity to lose the game because if he makes two free throws, then it's a tie game. And... Uh, you you have the last shot you you still have the chance to win and worst case scenario you go to ot he did not that was one hell of a step back man like francisco stopped on his left foot and he created like two meters or even more space with those two free steps i mean that was just amazing um the I way just shouted iverson i'm gonna start shouting <laughs> it was it was alan iverson 
Man, like the way he crossed him up like one time, second time, and then a step yeah. back, that was that was he that worked was just him in the ISO for a while. Amazing. Yeah. And uh Francisco is having an amazing season. Like yeah, for Bayern, his rookie year, uh Pablo Lasso gives him um nice amount of usage, nice amount of time. He knows where he's the best in ISO situations. Uh advanced stats also, you know, uh, tell tell the same thing. And for Partizan is uh it's their defense has never been good, neither last year nor this season. And their offense is is just not able anymore to uh compensate for for, mm. for these lack of defensive, I don't know, efforts or just, you know, they're not structured to, to to play defense well enough. So I mean last year they also had Dante Exum and Lazort there. Yeah. So I think that was a difference. Maybe. Yeah, I, I, uh, Lazor is definitely for me the guy that's been missing. Like Bruno Caboclo has been great, but he's still not the same. Like Lazor was had so much energy. He played with a passion that ignited the team, that ignited the crowd. He was a beast on defensive and offensive rebounds, and that's what you're missing, I think, uh, from from Partizan this year. Bruno Caboclo is a good, really good player, but just gives you different things. A little bit different things from what Matthias Lasor was giving you, and uh, that's I think what they're missing. You know, in the fourth quarter they can defend. Ife Lumberg did the same in Bologna uh, with his clutchness in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So I do don't know. Have Rides, what, what do you think? Did you know that Bayern Munich are three and zero with Bastian Schweinsteiger in attendance? <laughs> no, I oh, didn't. So they Who was there for in Belgrade? He was yeah, there. Yeah, he, his yeah. wife is Serbian. Ah, right. Yeah, I didn't know that. Now we know. If you don't know, now we know. <laughs> now we know. <laughs> so that's that's the key no, factor. <laughs> I, no, honestly, I want to say like when we were doing some ball predictions midway through the season, I just said that I see Bayern Munich getting into the play. Mm-hmm. It's it still looks tough, but I see a lot of quality in that team and and also experienced guys. Uh, it starts from Sergi Baca, but there are some others as well. And now Lucic just. Um, getting back into back. his shape, uh, so it's a good team. It's not like Partizan lost against some, uh, I don't know, um, underdog team. Like Bayern Munich is solid. They're just one win away from Partizan after this game. So with eleven wins, they're in that mix with FS Milan, Jalgiris, and they so, have five games of their eight remaining at home. At home. Exactly. So and having a coach like Pablo Lasso. You cannot really bet against them. I mean, I wouldn't say that they will definitely make the plane right now, but there is a chance. They are a good team. Uh, so they managed to upset Partizan in, in Stark Arena. Of course, it's a huge, huge win and it's a tough thing to do, but I'm not that shocked because of the quality they have. All right. I guess yeah. we can move on to the other game, the game that happened the other day. Uh, on Friday, I think you both were commentating that game on different yep. podcasts, right? So you both saw it. I also watched the, the game. And there's. I, I think we shouldn't get into the details of how the game went in full, but just two hot topics out of that game. First of all, the controversy at the end. We saw a unsportsmanlike uh, foul on Ulanovas committed by Iago Dos Santos. And right after that, the inbound play, we saw Keenan Evans being really close to stepping on the line. And there's a lot of Twitter posts and comments with different screenshots. I did see a screenshot myself uh, where 
in my opinion, the line was not stepped on. And in my opinion, the sportsmanlike foul was given correctly just because he was hit on the face. <laughs> Did you guys assess the situation the same way? I don't know about the line thing, but because it's so hard to say 100%. It is like, an inch. Like, like, you know, his heel is above the line. Mm -hmm. So where are his toes? Is he stepping on at least a little bit? So for the ref to see it, it's so tough. I mean, even if they had the opportunity to go to the screen and, and review it, they couldn't be 100% sure. So uh, that's a tough one. Uh, the unsportsmanlike foul, well, this is European basketball. This is where we're living at. I mean, these are the rules, yeah. and, and the refs are following the rules. So, But I, I think even in the NBA, that would have been an unsportsmanlike I'm not sure. Foul. In the end of the game, in a close game, maybe they wouldn't... wouldn't Call it, uh, but according foul. to the rule book, that's, but, you know, that's a direct, di I, direct I haven't hit really to the face. seen a flagrant foul uh, at the end of a close game in the NBA being given, being called. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I don't like that in Europe. That's because, you know, yeah. everybody knows you're fouling. I don't but want in this... the game to be decided by this. But in this case, yes, I I completely agree. I mean, he hit him in the face. It's not like he wanted to hit him. Yeah, in the exactly. Face. It's unlucky. Was accidental. He wasn't lucky. Yeah, he wasn't exactly. lucky. It was accidental. I mean, they were both jumping in the air, and you know, a lot of us is taller, so you're trying to reach, uh, and mm -hmm. he hit him in his face. Uh, so that was that was the correct call. I mean, they even went to the screen to check it. So. Uh, these are the rules. You, you have to live with it. And about that half-court violation, I don't know. I, I'm honestly not sure. I saw the replays. I saw the print screens everywhere. Mm. How can you say that? It, it's it, not definitive. It, it's in definitely a half-court violation. Yeah. So uh, one way or another, I mean, I, I, I don't really think that Jalgir is uh, capitalized on that unsportsmanlike foul completely. They missed so, the free throw. So, so there was still a chance for Zvezda. Mm to take it to the overtime. I mean, um, in the last play, Dimsha had the ball. He was going for the layup. He probably shouldn't. Yep. So there were still some two seconds left. There was no There's time, obviously, to make, make a long pass. So you yeah. just had, I mean, but, you know, that's not how you um, expect to win games. In general, I, I think it was a, a quality game from both sides. Both sides had struggles defensively uh mm -hmm. some some mistakes as well but uh that was a fun game to watch honestly yeah and i agree with you guys about the the the, the foul calls the the unsportsmanlike but i just wanted to say that that unsportsmanlike actually when olana was missed one free throw that was even got the situation better for cervena zvezda why because there was 21 seconds remaining before there was 24 seconds so Zvalgiris can hold the ball until the end. You need to foul. Uh, after that, there was 21 seconds and for only 14 on the shot clock because of the unsportsmanlike foul and you have to throw the ball from the sideline out of bounds. Mm. So the, there was a seven second difference. And Zvezda didn't need to foul there in the end. And I saw Nemanja Nedovic on the bench. That's true. Just showing to, to Yanis Fyropoulos. But he was like... He looked at the clock, and I don't know, maybe he he decided that seven seconds are not enough, and they fouled, and then when it became, you know, the free throw game. But after that unsportsmanlike foul, and Ulana was missing one of two, Zvezda could have just defended it, and if Jalgris misses, you have a, a two-point deficit, so you could even go for a layup. You don't even need a free, or Jalgris can't foul you in the last seven seconds. 
So that was the most interesting part. And I think in that, all that, you know, protesting, mm -hmm. uh, go to the review, nobody even uh, actually nobody clocked. That. I didn't clock that either. I didn't, honestly. And now something that happened also after those controversial calls or no calls was uh, something that's been happening for a while now in Cervantes Vesda games. Uh, fans started throwing objects on the court and the game had a brief pause there. Uh, I think Zvezda was already fined because they did it now three times in three weeks, something like that. Damn. So they were fined four and a half thousand euros, five thousand euros. And we're yet to find out what's going to be the punishment for the Jalgiris incident. And I think it's clear that these relatively, relatively like small fees for the club is not doing the job. Th that's not stopping what's happening. No, you just have to. I mean, the punishment has to be very simple. You have to play your next game or next two games in an empty gym, in probably in an empty gym without without the fans, uh, and that's it. Uh, I don't see any other way. If only one Serbian club is to remain in the league going forward, which one do you think deserves it more? Fifty euros, and I answer this question. <laughs> I prefer not to speak. Yeah, I have hey. nothing to say. If I speak, if nothing. I speak, I'm, if I speak, in, big I'm in big trouble. I have nothing to say. You just saw some phone clips from the entire episode that went over an hour. If you want to see that, just subscribe to BM Plus on basketnews.com slash plus.